Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. 10 ways to increase your value and your earning power. My focus largely is on people working within organizations. But I also believe that for those who run their own businesses or entities, increasing your value will, by extension, increase your space in the economic marketplace. And some of these keys will be relevant in your quest to become more helpful to your stakeholders. And so my introductory thoughts are that your earnings are not a function of your certificate. We were once interviewing a young man who said, give me a salary that befits my degree. I don't know what he thought about his degree in marketing from the University of Ghana. But one thing was certain, he could not even tell his own unique selling proposition. And so what is the use of a degree in marketing if you cannot explain what value you bring to the organization? Your earning is also not a function of your desire. The fact that you desire or you think you need money will not make a difference. The fact that you cannot pay your bills will not influence your earnings. Your earnings are not a, a function of your connections. You know people, and so you assume that that would qualify you to earn a better salary. In the long term, politicking in the corporate organization will not help you reach your objectives. Your earning is not a function of your longevity, even though I must admit that in some organizations, automatically by being there for a while, you get promoted one notch at a time. The real key to increasing your earnings in a sustainable way in the long term is the value you bring to the organization. Let me share with you 10 simple ways to increase your value in the organization. Number one is alignment. Let's all see alignment. Alignment is a word that we associate with mechanics. Very often we think of alignment when you go to your fitter and he says, your car has alignment. Actually, what they mean is misalignment, but they don't bother with the miss. When they say your car has alignment, what it simply means is that you cannot control the direction of your car. Because when you, the driver, want to drive in a particular direction, the tires can take you in a different direction. Now, what happens sometimes is that in a corporate organization, the visionaries, the owners, the founders of the company have a certain direction. They are the drivers. And each of us is like a tire within the organization. And so when there is a misalignment problem, the leader or the visionary wants to drive the vehicle in this direction. And you, the staff, or the member of staff, or the employee, or the member of the team, is driving the vehicle in the different direction. What is likely to happen? Accident. Or unproductive driving. There is risk involved. There is wear and tear involved. And one thing is certain. You can't get to where you want to get to because there's no synchronicity or alignment between the driver and the tires. If you ever have an alignment problem, as they call it, with your car, when you make a mistake of leaving the steering wheel, that one, the disorder reaches the climax because the car can literally veer off the road and create chaos. 
in the hands of somebody who's not aligned with the vision of the organization, your organization could veer off course and create chaos. The first question we need to answer this morning, how well aligned am I with where this organization is going? It's not how busy you are. You can be very busy but unproductive. How well aligned am I with the vision of this company? Let me speak to those who may have worked somewhere and find yourself in a different company. There are corporate cultures and they vary from organization to organization. And so sometimes the challenge is that you've come from somewhere where things are done in a particular way and you are trying to import, or as they say, cut and paste the way things are done in that organization in this new one. You will have problems and you will not fit. Number two, self-discipline and energy. Let me submit that a research was done over a 20-year period about the most successful people in the world at the turn of the 20th century. And the conclusion after studying 500 very rich and successful business leaders was that the one attribute they all had in common was self-discipline, which was defined as doing what you have to do, when you have to do it, whether you feel like it or not. You will find out that for several of the things that matter in your life, you don't need a supervisor, a TA, or somebody to follow you to do them. But these are important things. And so people who rise in an organization are those who have the willpower to start, to continue, and to finish tasks without anybody chasing them. If you are a branch manager, for several weeks, nobody from head office will come and check on you. What does it take to wake up on time, come to work on time, pursue your targets, deliver on all the key deliverables without anybody physically looking at you? And so without that kind of willpower, that kind of self-discipline, you will find yourself slipping because nobody is checking on you. And that is the beginning of your downfall. And it's not just about doing the things you have to do when you have to do them, but doing them with energy, with enthusiasm, with excitement. I tell people all the time that enthusiasm is visible. If you went to the front desk and the front desk person had a frown on her face or his face and insists that they are excited to see you, how would you feel? Enthusiasm, it is visible, it is audible, it must be seen and felt. And so it's not just about doing, you say, I should greet, I've greeted you. No, it must be done with passion with drive, with enthusiasm, with energy. That is self-discipline and energy. Number three, the bottom line. Whatever you do must add to the numbers. And there are two factors in this equation. Either you increase revenue or you manage cost. Every action of yours within the business must be seen to be increasing our revenue or being cost efficient. The favorite people in a business are the people who bring ideas, strategies to help us serve our customers better, increase profitability by expanding our revenue base, new products, new ideas that can generate revenue, or save costs, or ensure that we get value for money. Sometimes people buy for their companies as if because it's not their personal funds, they just don't care. 
You are procuring for the organization and you are not asking the questions you would ask if you were buying for yourself. And you buy knowing very well that if it were your wedding, your project, your business, your house, you would not buy at this cost and you would not buy so haphazardly. But because it's the company, it doesn't matter. Value for money. Serving our clients. Being more efficient. Deploying technology. Asking questions. Pushing the buttons. Ensuring that every CD, every dollar spent is bringing return. When you do that, you may not get all the commendation every day. But believe me, from my experience in dealing with business leaders, they are far more observant than you think. They know who is bringing value. They know who is making a difference. Number four. Questions and answers. What does it mean? Everything that would ensure that you rise in life borders on two things, questions and answers. You either must be asking the right questions or answering the right questions. When you ask the right questions, you open up space. When you query the way we do things, we see our failings, we see our mistakes, we see new opportunities. If you want to rise within your organization, let me challenge the thinking that says, Kwesi, Erukwei, Menkasa. Your parents will call you and say, listen, when you go, go and sit down quietly. Don't talk. Who said that? Ask questions. Why? Rudyard Kipling says he has six honest men who taught him everything he knew about life. He says they are what, why, when, how, where and who? He says he sends them over hill, over land and sea. And when they are tired, he gives them a rest and then he resumes again. What does it mean? That for every one of us desiring to give value, we must ask, what am I doing in this company? Why am I at this level? Why am I not getting promoted? When will the door of opportunity open? How? Can I make myself more valuable than every other marketing executive? Where will the next opportunity come from? And who will find favor with this client? Simple questions. But in those questions are the answers that will give you your dreams and aspirations. Ask questions. But even more importantly, answer questions. Every day, questions come up in our organizations. Every day, questions are being asked. And the one who answers these questions is the one who will get promoted and the one who will get rewarded. Tell somebody, ask questions. Tell the person, ask hard questions. But even more importantly, answer them. Tonight, when you lie down, ask yourself, what are the most important questions being asked about me? in my workplace. They may be silent questions, but they are begging to be answered. And if you can find the answers, you will rise. Number five, this will be the favorite of many CEOs, responsibility. Several people take their check at the end of the month and they own no responsibility in the organization. Even when you give them a task, they bring you all the work, pressed down, shaking together, running over, they bring it back to you. It's painful to employ some people. As my boss described it, it's almost like removing your teeth without any anesthesia. Because 
they just can't make any decision. And so you end up laboriously going through everything again. And just when you think you finish, they come back with two more. And you would assume that having taken them through, the next time they will get it right. The next time, guess what? They are back again. If you do not take responsibility, no boss will assign tasks to you. Every boss likes to give work to the one who gets things done. One time, one touch, and then they want another assignment. But the ones who keep making mistakes after mistake it's a natural human phenomenon you want to pass it on to the next person and so if nobody's giving you work in the company and you think it's because you are free and you are not busy check yourself maybe you're not getting results three things number one own your space i am responsible for the front desk i am responsible for marketing i am responsible for activations own your space whatever is given to you Hold it in your hands and say, this is my baby. When you own your space, you are in charge. Not on my watch. That means that when you are within your space and you are operating in the thing assigned to you, you say nothing will go wrong on my watch. The quest for zero defect is perfection possible? That's a debate you and I can have the whole day. But one thing I can say is that perfection is desirable. A person can make a decision that as long as it is within my space, it can be done well. How can we guarantee that every springboard event can be watched around the world? By people who know that exactly this time there will be this activation, exactly this time this person will be speaking. Why? Because we spent months on end painstakingly looking at who should speak, when they should speak, what should we do, how should we do it, who do we partner. We ask critical questions and we own our space. In Luke 15, verse 8, a young man who had walked into disorder, messed up his life, collected big money, blown it all, looked at himself and realized that he was like a pig, made a simple statement. He said, I will arise. What does it mean? It means that if things are not going well, don't blame your supervisor. Don't blame the company. Don't blame your boss. Look at yourself and say, me, I, Albert, I will arise. When you go back to work, Stop looking at everybody else and blaming them for where you are. Tell somebody next to you, I will arise. Tell somebody else, I will arise. Number six, communication. It has been proven that in any field of endeavor, you will need communication to rise to the top. You will need communication to explain an investment policy. You will need communication skills to sell that marketing communication plan to the client. My Baba is a great communicator. He knows exactly what to say to get me to pay five times what other people pay for his services. You need communication skills for whatever you want to do, especially as you rise to the top. Because the higher you rise, the more it would involve moving people, making decisions, communicating those decisions, and sometimes boarding the plane to go and represent all of us in Argentina or Mexico or Venezuela or Russia. 
we want to hear reports that the manager from Ghana spoke well. Communication involves clarity. Be clear about what you are saying. It involves consistency and it involves connection. You must know who you are speaking to and how to connect to them. Number seven, embrace and optimize technology and social media. For many of us, we have a certain mindset about technology and we say, as for me, I don't like technology. As for me, I'm technologically deficient. Your personal deficiency has nothing to do with it. Technology is an enabler. It's a whole new world. Listen, if you don't understand mobile telephony, the internet, technology, and how it is changing the game plan in this world, you will do physically in an analog way what can only be done by technology. An Anglican bishop caused a stir in the UK when he posted a poster at the entrance to his church and said, please, retweet my message. After all, if the mission of the church is to send the gospel to all the world, then he can, by virtue of Twitter, use the same technology that others are using to send his message across the world. I can imagine that for the traditional church several years ago, the poster at the entrance will say, put off all mobile phones. Today, the person's Bible is on the phone. The person is tweeting the message. People are watching the message, live streaming across the world. How can the person put off the phone? When you, the pastor, preach, they are checking the concordance and they are checking to see whether what you are saying is true. Tell somebody retweet. Number eight, this is the one that will offend many of you. Get a driver's license and a passport. You say, what has that got to do with my career? And so you have a degree from KNUST. And you are telling us that before you can be the marketing executive, we must hire a driver to drive you to work or drive you out for assignments. That is a waste of the company's money. Learn how to drive and get a license. All those who say, I know how to drive, but I don't have a license yet, you are lying. The only proof of your driving ability is actually additionally having a valid driver's license. Expired licenses are not acceptable. Why a passport? A passport because opportunities may open impromptu requiring you to travel across the world. We had one in which a manager was supposed to go to South Africa and instead of rejoicing like the others were rejoicing, he had a frown and an interesting look on his face. It was supposed to be the next week, a reward for his hard work. Apparently, he didn't even have a passport. A passport is not an achievement. It's only proof that you are a Ghanaian. Or you are the nationality that you say you are. Personal brand management. Everyone is a brand. You are a brand. When your name is mentioned, it elicits a kind of response from people. Serious, committed, diligent. A certain response. I don't know. But you are a brand. What kind of emotions do you want to elicit from people who interface with you? Control it by a series of deliberate actions. And I'm going to recommend this book, Personal Branding. Because your brand determines your value. And that's why two people with the same degree from the same institution can go to an organization and one is paid three times what the other is paid. You can pray about it. You can fast. If you are not bringing the value, you can't change it. How do you build a brand? One, be a specialist. There must be something that you are uniquely qualified to do. 
there must be something that brings across your name over and over again. Number two, you must learn to communicate your worth. Sometimes you give people a chance and say, tell us what you can do, and suddenly they freeze. You must be able to say it in 30 seconds. Unique selling proposition, 30 seconds. Why are you the candidate number one for this opportunity? And in case you need help with a unique selling proposition, this book called Career Starter Pack will help you. You must be able to communicate why you are the number one. Clearly. And then number three, see yourself as a brand's manager for Project U. Project James, Project Nash, Project Albert. Brand's manager. Invest in the brand. Study about the brand. Know the brand. Promote the brand. Just like a, a brand's manager in any big multinational company will promote the brand. And finally, continuous evaluation and growth. Check yourself. When you run a race, when you run a leg, when you set up on a journey, pause periodically to look back. Am I on track? Am I doing well? Walk to your boss and ask them, am I giving you value? Every leader, every manager, every boss will be impressed with that subordinate who does not wait for an official evaluation interview to walk to you and ask you, are you happy with my work? Specific questions. And if you ask, they will give you specific answers that can help you improve your value and rise within the organization. Let me end by throwing a challenge to every one of us here today that where you are today can be a springboard to a greater place tomorrow if you can set out on a journey and embrace every one of these 10 enablers. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed.